in 7. It was Wednesday night, and I veered away from the scripture and that message that I wrote on the same subject and went over that. Now, uh, verse 6, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. For I, that is what it's just going to say now. For I would, that means I would desire that all men were even as I myself. Well, how was he? Well, he was a single man. Paul, no doubt, had a wife and children, but they left him when he surrendered, when he trusted the Lord and started following the Lord. That's the way Jews did. They still do it. But he did maintain, we other places here in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, that he had the authority to lead about a wife. Uh, that is, he, he was obviously divorced, and he could have had a, had a wife, but because of the present situation, the distress, he didn't have one. He could have, but he didn't, didn't have. He said that and says, I would that all men were even as I myself. That is, their life was devoted to serving the Lord, just like him. But every man hath his proper gift of God. One after this manner and another after that. So everybody is not the same. That's what he's saying. And so we have certain latitude, liberty. However you are within bounds of the scripture, God made you that way and you're not, you don't have to be like everybody else as long as you're within the bounds of scripture. And so I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, well, if they're widow, that's their spouse died. It is good for them if they abide or remain. Meno is the Greek word. means remain. Even as I. So that's what he's saying. He's unmarried. Doesn't have to be, but he's chosen to be. So that he can be free to serve the Lord. He doesn't have any, any uh, element against marriage as long as it's proper in the Lord. He has nothing, there's nothing wrong there's nothing second class about being married, but it's because of the present distress. Then he says in verse 9, if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. That means if they cannot contain, that means that they have desire to be married, a need to be married, and they cannot cut that off. He said it's better to marry than to burn with lust. He started this off, said it's good for a man not to touch a woman, nevertheless to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife, let every woman have her own husband. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly natural, normal, uh, God-given abilities. But he said if you can, if you can stay single, and just serve the Lord, not just be single that you want to run around, 
but that you want to serve the Lord. Now, a lot of a lot of people stay single because they want to. They fall in love every day with somebody different. You know what I mean? Men and women. Now, uh, but that's not what he's talking about. He said, if you cannot contain, that is, stop your need to be married to have the uh, relationship. It's better to marry than to burn in lust. That's what he's talking about. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Now, when you're considering all this, you've got to remember, we're in a sinful world. All right. Every marriage was not made in heaven. You have various marriages. Ideally, you have a man who loves the Lord. He's married to a woman who loves the Lord. And they together serve the Lord together. Now that's the ideal situation. That kind of marriage, it needs to remain together. And it would be wrong of either one of them to split up that marriage. Now, all marriages are not like that. Many marriages, neither he nor she are saved when they get married. Many times, she'll get saved, and he's still not. Or she's, he's saved and she's lost. He gets saved and she's still lost. Well, that can be a problem. Most time it is. It's a big problem. Not all the time, but most time it is. All right, so remember that. So he says, now unto the married I command, yet not I, but let not the wife depart from her husband. Now, departed didn't say divorce, said depart from him. Let not the wife leave the husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried. Or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband be uh, put away his wife. So, a good marriage needs to remain. And I'm sure that's what he's talking about. But to the rest that are married and don't have that ideal marriage. Now, it's, there's a world of difference in being married to somebody that loves the Lord and wants to serve the Lord with you than being married to somebody that fights you over serving the Lord. There's no comparison in that. There's just, there's just isn't. I think you know what I'm talking about. Now, keep that in mind. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, well, that's a lost woman. It's a lost woman married to a saved man. Or a brother being married to a lost woman. And she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And I believe that's divorcing. So here's a man that's saved. His wife is not. 
Don't divorce her just because she's lost. But, and the woman which hath an husband that believeth not. There's the vice versa. And if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. Stay with him. Stay with her. If you can do it, remain. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. Well, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that I understand all the ramifications of that verse. But, uh, well, let me give you this. My mother was saved. Believe it or not, she was raised a Camelot. In the old Ruckerville Christian Church in Clark County. <laughs> that building's still standing. But when she came to Lexington, my aunt and uncle, they were, it was her older sister, Gladys, they were, uh, I think they had already joined Ashton Avenue Baptist Church under Brother Walker. And she came to Lexington to go to beauty school at uh, uh It was down there on the high street, right there on the corner. Well, I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, it was been there for years. That's gone now. But anyway, she was a cosmetologist. That's what she graduated. But she came to Lexington and she stayed with my aunt and uncle. They lived over on 7th Street and uh, she went to school there. And they took her to church with them. And she was saved under Brother Walker's preaching. And saved and baptized her under his preaching, his church. She married my dad sometime after that. I get the dates. And he was raised a Catholic. He didn't know the Lord. If she was, if she was following the Lord, she'd never married him. And I've never been here. Try it. So, don't try to second guess things. <laughs> you know what to do going going forward. Do what's right before God. Can God on? Can God straighten it out? He can. Absolutely, and does many times. So, there, my mother is a married as a. Saved woman, married to a lost man, and he was pretty rough. Uh, and she didn't have an easy time of it. But as long as she could stay with him, she should stay with him. I think that's what he's saying right there. Eventually, he made a profession of faith, and he joined out here. He was a member here when he died. Uh, but anyway, that's what I, that's the kind of situation I think he's talking about. Now it could have gone the other way. Him saved and her lost. Go either way. But then verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. 
Don't say, well, I'm not divorcing you for any reason. No, I'm not leaving. No. He said, don't do that. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. So, is that saved woman married that lost man? He's abusive. Physically abusive, even verbally abusive. Same thing. One of them's physical, the other one is mental. Verbal abuse, just constantly cussing and accusing and put down. That's verbal abuse. There's physical abuse, hitting, and it can get pretty bad. And it gets bad enough that many women are killed. They're murdered by abusive husband. Or they become psychotic or just beat down and just not really a human being anymore. So, if the unbelieving depart, let them depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. Bondage. Let's think about that. Have we thought, have we been discussing slavery? No. We've been discussing marriage. Would it be bondage to be told by your pastor that whether your husband is verbally or physically abusing you, you can't leave him, you can't divorce him? That's bondage. God said he's appointed us to peace, not bondage. And it could go either way there. So, uh, see, that's, that's a different situation than the first one we had. Both of them were saved. That's big, big, big difference. All right, now. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? In the sense that you be a witness to them and like... Peter said, win them without the word, by your chaste conversation. And that works sometimes. It doesn't work every time. Nobody can give you a guarantee. But, verse 17, as God hath distributed to every, every man, so as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. Paul taught these things in all the churches. Well, he certainly, this was a common subject for him because most all these churches, uh, these people were raised in heathenism. Now you've got to get God's word here. All right. So is any man called being circumcised? Well, that is a Jew. Let him not become uncircumcised. Don't be ashamed of it. Is any called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Don't adjust yourself physically, which has nothing to do with spirituality, to try to get yourself right before God. That has nothing to do with it. Not one thing. <laughs> we talked about this morning. Uh, the Shechemites. And they hooked them. Into be 
to becoming Jews. Got all the men to be circumcised. Uh huh. And then while they were sore, and they adult men going through that get awful sore, and they can't do any fighting, and they went in there and killed them all. <laughs> But anyway, don't try to change your marital situation or your physical situation trying to get yourself right with the Lord. That has nothing to do with it. Now, if you've got a problem with the marriage, then you've got other things here. Uh, verse 19, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Either way. But the keeping of the commandments of God is. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Well, that's what I say. Don't try to change something physically or maritally, marital uh, situation. Trying to get yourself right before the Lord it has nothing to do with it. Art thou called being a servant? Now that word is slave. Care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. All right. Slavery was not invented by the American South. I hate to disappoint everybody, but we didn't, we didn't create slavery. It was brought on us. From Europe. And brought on us from the north. From Yankee land. It was. They had. Started off had more slaves than we did. But they couldn't use them. Because all the machinery they had to operate. They, so they sold them to the south. I'm not for slavery. Not at all. I would never. Want to have that kind of control. Over another human being. Not at all. Not even close. But, Paul says, if you are a slave and God saves you. I've told you this before. The book that, uh, well, I'll think of her name in a minute. Uncle Tom's Cabin. Harriet Beecher Stowe wrote. Now, for best, best I can understand, that was said in Bourbon County, Kentucky. And you listen to all these blacks, preachers, Baptist preachers alike. They, they call Uncle Tom, if you're an Uncle Tom, you're a bad, bad person. Well, they ought to know what they're talking about before they shoot their mouths off. If you read that book, you find out that Uncle Tom was a slave. And God saved him. And he learned to read so he could read the Bible. And he read the Bible. And he became the most honorable slave the man had. Wasn't anybody topped him. He was a true servant of God. I hate to hear these preachers call somebody an Uncle Tom. Best thing could be said for one of them is an Uncle Tom. Best thing could be said for me or you. 
that were like Uncle Tom. He, he devoted his life to serving the Lord. And he was so honorable that his master sent him up to Ohio, cross the Ohio River, and take care of his money matters. And he'd bring back an account for every penny. He wasn't no thug. He was an honorable child of God is what he was. I hope I get the chance sometime to ever rebuke somebody over that. I'd love to do it. Hear some preacher talking about that. You ought to know what you're talking about before you run your mouth. That's not right. It's just not right. Anyway, art thou called being a slave? Care not for it. He didn't say join some rebel bunch. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. But if you, if you can get your freedom, get it and use it for the honor and glory of God. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man. Even if you're a slave, you're the Lord's free man. They can't control your thinking. They can't control your worship. You worship God in the spirit and in the truth. They can't stop that. They cut Watchman Nee's tongue out. And he started writing. He got more, he, he got more popular writing than he ever was preaching. Couldn't preach anymore, but he sure could write. His writings are still in existence today. And most of them are well worth reading. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's slave. Y'all are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. We're not here serving men. You got a job? Do your job to the best of your ability. But you're doing it as unto the Lord, not unto men. When that job's all gone, when everything you've done's all gone, your work's all gone. You tear a building down, they build another one there. You got a memory that you tore what was down there and hauled it away, but your work's gone. It's replaced. We was talking about Dave, when's the last time you went to Winchester Cemetery and looked at graves? When you was a little kid? Yeah. Me too. Well, no, I I met my mother and him up there one time and I came in on leave from the Navy. That's the last time I was up there. Where our family on my mother's side, that's where most of them are buried. Where my mother and daddy are out there at Harrisburg Road. Their bodies are. I haven't been out there in years. And it won't be long, Dave. You remember them. Your kids don't. And when, when we're gone, who's going to go look at those gravestones? Ain't nobody. And somebody said, who's that? If they ever walk by there reading tombstone, don't know who they were. That's what we're leaving in this world, folks. When that immediate family is gone, it's few and far between anybody that'll ever remember you as ever here. 
Just a few. Henry Clay, he's got that big tomb, that big statue up there. People might say something about him, but they don't really know anything about Henry Clay. How many of you know that Henry Clay was called the great the compromiser? All right, a couple of you do. But now these new kids don't know that. Did you know that? It just causes a matter of history in the history books. We're not going to leave much in this world. And our work, don't become your work. Do it well. Do it to the best of your ability. But you ain't that work. You are God's free man. And everything we're designed to do is to carry it on, send it on ahead, and meet when we get there. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm on verse what? Huh? 23. You're bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called, therein remain with God, abide with God, wherever you are. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment. As one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful, I suppose therefore that this is good for the present distress, I say, that it's good for a man so to be. So for the unmarried, the virgin, because of the present distress, the present distress was widespread persecution. That's why. And if you're just by yourself, it, don't, it doesn't take a whole lot to keep you by yourself. And if they put you in jail, so what? Look how much time Paul spent in jail. Now, he had churches grieving over him, but he didn't have a wife and family grieving over him. He didn't have that worry on him. Uh, doesn't mean that a wife and family is bad. It just means that he was wanted to be free to serve the Lord. <coughs> now, verse 27. Art thou bound unto a wife that's married? Seek not to be loosed. That's divorced. Two things dissolve a marriage. Death and divorce. Legal divorce. We'll go back to Deuteronomy 24. Art thou bound to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. There you are, you're single. You've been divorced from a wife. Don't look for one. If you can contain. If you can't, Marriage is honorable and all, and the bed undefiled. Now, verse 28. But and if thou marry. Who's he talking to? The loosed man. He said, seek not a wife. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. So why does everybody want to cast a divorced person that is remarried? Why do they want to cast them as having committed the unpardonable sin? 
That's what they do. Number one, it's called the Pharisees. And they have no idea what they're talking about. They've never studied the Word of God. I know people that don't know the first thing about the Bible, and they'll tell you, oh, I don't believe in divorce. No, I don't believe in that. They don't know anything else about the Bible, but they've got that strong of conviction. I said, now, how do you base that? They don't know. They don't have any idea. They don't have any idea what they're basing on. Anyway. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Why would he say that? He just told them, remain single if you can. But if you marry, you haven't sinned. It's not, it's not a sin. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. In the flesh because of the present distress. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives... Be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. Don't get too much wrapped up in anything. You're serving the Lord. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. Now, that's not true of everybody that's unmarried. That's only true of the people to whom it applies. If he's unmarried he and he's serving the Lord, he cares for the things of the Lord. How he may please the Lord. That's, he's, people that's in his shape, his condition. That doesn't apply to everybody out there that's single, that's unmarried. It only applies to those to whom it applies in the situation of Paul. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's, that's a matter of fact. If you've got a wife and children, you've got to take care of them. I've seen guys quit their jobs, call themselves going to do mission work, Move to the mountains and starve their family to death. I've seen several, several times. I've tried to help some of them out. You can't do that. You got a wife and family. You got to support them. Bombs don't support their wives and children. Good for nothings don't support their wives and children. I don't care if they call themselves a preacher or not. And Paul said, if you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel having denied the faith. There is a difference also, there's a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord that she may be holy, both in body and spirit, but, the, but she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. That's just vice versa. The same is true on both parts. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that you may attend upon the Lord without distraction. <coughs> but if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely toward his virgin, 
Is she past the flower of her age and needs so require? Let him do what he will. He sinneth not. Let them marry. That's a young girl that goes going to get too old. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and hath so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. I think he's talking about his daughter there. But anyway. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. That's talking about the daddy. Now we don't, we don't really have that kind of culture that, that daddy is all that authoritative over whether the daughter marries or not. A little bit, but not quite as bad as much as they did. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. There he's talking about the two saved people married. Married, uh, saved man, saved woman, married to each other. And he dies, she's, she's at liberty to marry whom she will as long as it's in the Lord. But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the Spirit of God. Well, I think he does too. I know he does. <clears throat> All right. Now you may rest assured that you're never going to hear as much as you've heard between last Wednesday and this afternoon on the subject. Has anybody ever heard this much or more? No, you haven't. Most preachers wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Look back at Deuteronomy 24 and I'll quit this. When a man has taken a wife. Now we're not under the Mosaic law, nor were we ever. Lots of folks, preachers will go back here to try to destroy anybody and use the Old Testament, but they won't go here. None of them will go here. They never can, they can't quite find Deuteronomy 24. Just like they can't quite find Ezra the 10th chapter. It just isn't in their Bibles, I don't think. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her. Now ladies, I'm sorry that it makes it look like it's always on the woman's part. But we know better than that. It's not. It's just that in those days, well, look, it was early in, in the 20th century before women got the right to vote in this country. Right? And so women just were not looked on as equal human beings. But now it says, if she find 
no favor in his eyes. What if, what if he didn't find any favor in her eyes? Well, she didn't have the, she didn't have the money and she didn't have the authority. He did. Because he had found some uncleanness in it. And you can search all you want to, and you're not going to specify what that uncleanness is. Does that mean she didn't take enough baths? Well, I don't think, I don't think she took any less than he did. I don't know what that uncleanness was. But it wasn't adultery. It wasn't meeting with some other guy. If that had been true, they'd have been stoned to death, both of them. So that's not what it's talking about. So he says, don't put her out of your house with nothing. Because you're going to make a pauper out of her. Make her probably starve to death. Then let him write her a bill of divorcement. Now Jesus said, because of the hardness of their hearts, they did that. I've heard preachers say, well, it's called the hardness of the heart. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that that select group of men had hard hearts and all the rest of us don't? Talking about sin is what it's talking about. Sin's in the race, in the human race. Sin's in the nature. Yes. Marriage should be one man, one woman for life. Oh, well, let's go back even further than that. Every human being, man and woman, should fear the Lord and keep his commandments from the time they're born till the time they die. Isn't that what we should do? That's what we ought to do. Do we do it? So, how about a, an ideal biblical marriage? And there may have been a few, but not many. So because of the hardness of our hearts, God allowed that marriage to be dissolved. And that's what a bill of divorcement is. So, Ought to get married legally, but you ought to get divorced legally. And when you get divorced, that marriage does not anymore exist as if one of them or both of them died. Marriage is is dissolved by death of one of the parties or by divorce. While I'm right there. The Samaritan woman at the well, Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, sir, I have no husband. He said, you've answered well. For you have had five husbands. And the man you're with now is not your husband. You're shacked up with one. Now you call her whatever you want to, but God didn't call her a whore. I don't know why she had five husbands, had had five husbands. Jesus recognized five of them as being husbands, didn't he? Out of his own mouth, he said they were. 
legitimate. Now, I kind of doubt that all five died. I'll say maybe a couple, maybe even three of them died. But I doubt that all five of them died. Some of them were divorced. Now, why, if they were all divorced, why couldn't she hold on to a husband? Could it be that she wasn't able to bear children? That was a big issue back then, wasn't it? And if she couldn't have a baby, then that would explain it, wouldn't it? It wasn't because she was a wicked woman. People called her a whore and everything, a wicked woman. You got a right to say that. She was a lost woman. But she wasn't any more wicked than anybody else. And then she was shacked up with the last one. Now you notice how we've changed. Living together ain't, don't matter much now. Everybody, nobody thinks anything about it. Uh, anyway, get, let her, let him write her a bill of divorce, give it in her hand, send her out of his house. Now look at verse 2. They don't want this in their Bible. When she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. Is that God giving her permission to marry again and not be accused of polygamy? And if the latter husband write, hate her, write her a bill of divorcement, giveth it in her hand, and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. Because she's married somebody in between. After that she is defiled. For that is abomination before the Lord. And thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Now, you've got that little paragraph thing there that kind of says we'll start a new, new subject here, but you didn't. That's not, that's not inspired. Now, when a man had taken a new wife, who are we dealing with here? This man up here that took a wife and divorced her? Now, when a man had taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, no man, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year, shall cheer up his wife, which he hath taken. Folks, I, I'm kind of resentful that I didn't get that year. Now, this issue is not what most preachers and most people present it as. Because they're so influenced by the Roman Catholic Church. And I think Baptists ought to be Baptists. Baptists are people of the book, and this is the book. <laughs>